Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 19.990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Daphne, Chris, and Brendan that Oilers Now sent you. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bred racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. And uh, Mr. Spector has written a piece, and uh, that piece would suggest that... uh, he thinks the orders are positioned uh, well here, and it has to do with improved five-on-five play. Speck, how are you doing? Oh, doing pretty well, Bobby. I think that's what we've been talking about for a long time here with uh, with this team is, you know, the five-on-five numbers, the ability to play a game that doesn't just win in January but can win in, you know, May. And I think they're getting close to that, Bob. What do you think? Well, uh, they'll get really close to it when they got Nugent Hopkins and Pugliarvi back. Pugliarvi, I think, possibly Thursday, uh, I think for sure by Saturday. And he was flying around pretty good the last couple days here at Rogers Place. Nugent Hopkins was out out by himself today with David Pelche at about 9.15 when I came into the building. So uh, he's probably, you know, I'd, I'd say... 10 to 15 days away from getting back. And, and I, I like the looks, but I, I think the Evander Kane, that was really, spec. that was Ken Holland's moves. For the fans is saying, why haven't the Oilers done something? Well, they did do something. They went out and, you know, uh, brought in Evander Kane, and he's been fairly productive. He's got eight goals and 15 points in 20 games, and he's plus nine. Like, those are decent numbers for a guy. And he's helped their, like, he, that was a free top six forward. I think we both think they'll probably add a uh, uh, maybe a, a third-pairing left-shot D here. But the the makings of the forward, and, and I, I guess that's part of it, Mark. Like, less than a week ago, eight days ago, they lost in Calgary spec. They they were down six players that are going to play, hopefully, by the next time they play Calgary, right? They got four of them back already. Bouchard and Barry on defense. Archibald and Cassian up front. Pugliarvi back this weekend at the latest. And Nugent Hopkins maybe by the time Edmonton goes back into Calgary on the 26th. And so the question I have for you is, is it fair for Ken Holland to see what he's got with this team once he gets his team healthy, because we've got people saying, "Well, why aren't why didn't they trade for Manson? You know, why why haven't they done a deal here?" And I'd say, "Well, wait a sec here. They did bring in Evander Kane, and in fairness to the GM, he's probably sitting there wanting to see what he's got uh, in terms of once his team gets healthy. What do you think?" Yeah, I, I think that you know the right player has to be there to give up the kind of assets, right? 
Um, you know, Colorado gave up uh, uh, what people I talked to are saying is an A prospect. Uh, and A was a second-round pick for Josh Manson, correct? Yes. So, you know, our, our, I would say to you then, let's who are A prospects in Edmonton's system, Bob? Holloway's an A prospect. You know, Broberg's an A prospect. Uh, I got off the phone with two scouts this morning who both labeled, uh, what was his name, Hellering, something like that. I forget his name now. It's not coming to my tongue. Um, a, a prospect that Colorado gave up in that trade. So, you know, it's easy to talk. Well, yeah, I don't. Right? I would not have him as, just so you know, Mark, I have okay. a, I have a st- my threshold is, uh, generally speaking, like to me the Oilers have got, I'm going to include Broberg. Like, I look at Detroit coming in tonight, and Detroit, for me, has got um, a total, and I'm not going to include the guys that are on the team right now because Lucas Raymond's played the entire season, so he doesn't He's no longer a prospect. He's no longer, he's arrived. But they have two A prospects for me, for Detroit, right now, that are not on their team. And I do this every game, and people will figure out what the, what the threshold is. But I got Simon Edvinson, who's a sixth overall pick in 2021, and Sebastian Kosa, who's a 15th overall pick. Okay, and I, you know, those guys are first round draft choices for the Oilers. I have four A prospects. Okay. And three of them are first-round picks, and one has emerged as an A prospect because of the work that he's shown between the AHL and the NHL this year. So the three A prospects are Borgo, who's got 43 points in 25 games. He's been out the last month with an injury in the Quebec League. Holloway is an A prospect. Even though he's not killing it, he's a 14th overall pick. Broberg is an A prospect. And I got, uh, and I got Stuart Skinner as an A prospect. So let's just see if I can and maybe look at a couple more teams. And and really what I so I'm let's go to Minnesota. I have three A prospects for Minnesota. The Oilers played Minnesota. Wallstat, the goaltender that went twentieth. Lambo, so they got twenty six in the twenty twenty one draft. And Marco Rossi, who's at a point per game for the American Hockey League team, you know, was a, a ninth overall pick in twenty twenty. Went five picks before Holloway. Mm-hmm. So there's three A prospects in their organization. And I do this for every team like uh, Mason McTavish is in Anaheim, you know he's a he's a Triple A prospect. Like he's a you know he's a top five pick. Uh, Los Angeles, the Oilers play the Kings. A prospects. Brent Clark, even though he didn't make Team Canada's World Team, uh, Byfield's up right now, but he's not a lock. Kupari, who's up right now, but has spent a lot of the year. I still have Velarde as an A prospect. He, he's not a suspect to me because of the productivity level that he's had in the minors. And then Turcotte, for me, is a bit of a wild card, even though he's a fifth pick. So, I, like, I, like Samarukov, to me, is not an A prospect. He's a third rounder. Can he become an A prospect? Mm, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, you did some calling on Samarukov, didn't you? What would you get? He is a B prospect. What I'm trying to find is, is you know, if the orders, I know that uh, the orders would divest themselves of Sam Rukov in the right deal. I'm trying to find out what other teams think of him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I would say to you, let's say they went to the, let's say they went to the Seattle Kraken and talk about Carson Soucy. And they said, we want a second round pick and a prospect. Uh, if Ken Holland came back and said, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you a third-round pick at Sam Rukov. They'd say, no, 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 we'll take a third-round pick and we'll take a better prospect at Sam Rukov. I want a second-round pick at Sam Rukov. So 
So my point would be, you know, it's an expensive price for these guys. Carson Soucy, I'm not sure what it'll end up costing you. We all know this, Bob. The price at the trade deadline is higher than the price at any other time of year. You know, uh, Manson costs a lot. Yeah, right? you know, Mark, not this year. Not this year because there's uh, eight teams out in the Eastern Conference. I think this is going to be a buyer. I think this is going to be a buyer's market. You uh, might be right. And but here's the I'm, difference. I'm here's about history here, Bob. History tells us, right? Over the last thirty years, you give up more at the trade deadline yeah, yeah. than you do at any other time of year. Well, you look change at, this year may be an outlier. But this year hasn't happened yet. Well, you know, it's funny because Dwayne Rolson's going to join us uh, later in the week, and uh, you know, he, you and me were doing total sports back then. I remember the day that trade happened, Spec. Um, I thought that was a lot to give up for, like a first-round pick for Dwayne Rolison. Like if the Oilers had missed the playoffs and and not gone and taken everybody on an incredible run in 2006, right? I, I, there might have been a management and coaching change at the end of that season, right? Like it. If it, they'd have lost in the second round, Bob, that trade wouldn't have looked any good at all. Wow. Right, let's face it. A first round pick to get in to win one round and lose in the second round for a first round and a first round pick today is worth a hell of a lot more than a first round pick was in 06. Yeah. By the way, it looks like we just got a trade. Uh not involving Edmonton. Brendan Escott's gonna jump in here right now. Brendan, what do you got? Yeah, the uh, Avalanche weren't done. They've shipped Tyson Joes to St. Albert product to Minnesota in exchange for Nico Sturm, who I believe was a first rounder in his own right, once upon a time. Uh Jose was the tenth overall pick in 2016 he's got he's kind of stagnated you know he's he's basically had the same numbers for five years in a row here in Colorado 12 goals in 17 18 11 goals in 18 19 uh pandemic short year he had eight goals seven goals last season six goals a year before and then in terms of Nico Sturm uh he's an undrafted uh, 26 year old six foot three 209 pounds played at Clarkson and had 11 goals last year and nine goals uh, this season. To me, this is about fit in size. I think they wanted a bigger body, did Colorado. And if you're Bill Guerin, uh, you're going to have some cap challenges in the next couple of years. He's, I think he's probably betting on the talent with Jost long-term because yeah. I don't think he's taking a progressive step forward the way Colorado. Here, here's the thing, Spec. With Chris McFarland, who I think will be named the general manager of the Colorado Avalanche, um, possibly this offseason, it's pretty tough to criticize any of the moves they've made ever since that Duchesne trade. Like, they crushed Ottawa and Nashville so bad in that deal. They got Gerard out of Nashville. They got the pick, the top pick uh, from from Ottawa as a result of that trade. They yeah. made, you know, take a look at Mark. Devin Tays might be the best left-shot Canadian defenseman in the NHL. They got him for two number twos. Mm-hmm. Pretty, like at this stage of the game, you look at Colorado and you're like, they kind of know what they're doing there. And so. Well, they do. It's time to win in Colorado, too. And that's part of it, yeah. Close but no cigar here for a couple of years. Uh, you know, they lost in the bubble, as I recall, to Dallas. They were down to their third goaltender. I think Michael Hutchinson was playing uh, when the chips were down that series, and they just couldn't overcome, you know, third-string goaltending. And then they lost last year to Vegas, and you know what? Vegas just pushed them out of that series, Bob. They leaned on those smaller defensemen, uh, particularly Girard. Didn't have much of a series. They pounded on him. 
And uh, this is a sign right here of taking. You know, Tyson Phillips is, is, a, is a nice player. He, he's one of those guys, Bob, who he at his size, he needs to be more dynamic to yep. be a really effective player. He kind of reminds me of a little bit bigger uh, Tyler Ennis. You know, he's good offensively, but not great offensively, and he's pretty small. So when you're Denver and you have all that offensive talent, you don't need it. There's another factor in this trade, Mark. that? $1.3 million swing and cap. Uh, Sure. Right, Joseph's signed for another season at $2 million. Then he's a restricted free agent. Sturm's at seven hundred twenty-five k, and he's a UFA. They just, create, they just created $1.3 million in cap space. Uh, this is where I tell you that Chris McFarland was in Philadelphia for multiple games. He was there when we were there. I think he took on four straight Flyers games at home. And we all think that they're the team that's uh, most active to get Claude Giroux. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if they got Claude Giroux, if they, if they just get healthy um, with their forwards, look out. But uh, well, How long is uh, Linus got out for with knee surgery? We don't know. Nobody knows, but you know what? Knee surgery? Like, I question whether he's – I don't know the depth of the surgery. They were pretty vague on it. Um, but it is fair to question. Remember, you, you don't just have to be able to come back from knee surgery. You then have to rehab that knee and be able to play at an NHL level in the playoffs with that knee surgery. Lanascog may be out for the remainder here for all we know. We yeah, just don't know. And, 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 you know, maybe gets placed on LTIR. Right. As it stands right now, the Avalanche have about $600,000 in cap space. They would have to do a three-way deal to get Giroux in, and it would depend on, you know, now, does that, I mean, do they turn around and flip a Burakoski's a UFA, Kadri, I mean, they're not trading Kadri, so that's... Do they, do they send Nichushkin back? Those guys have been very, uh, you know, very supportive secondary scorers for a Colorado team that can, you know, they're one of the top two scoring teams. I think they're second in the league behind Florida goals for so they can well, score. Hey, Mark. Oilers fans, Oilers fans, I can promise you this. You won't be on the other end of a deal where Colorado's dumping salary because Ken Holland is a salary and salary out guy at this deadline. At the, Pretty yeah, much. Yes. You know, Pretty there's much. another team I want to talk about here. Uh, so you wrote this piece. like Mark, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Make the call. Are the Oilers making the playoffs? Yeah, the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Yes, I think they'll okay. be second or third place in the Pacific. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, it's funny. I thought they would compete with Vegas for top spot at the start of the year. I didn't see them going 2-11-2 during the year. I said Calgary was going to make the playoffs and bounce back. You know that. I didn't think Calgary would be this good. They're good. There's no question. And Calgary added to Foley. And they're probably adding a left shot D2. Uh, but I want to talk about Vegas a bit here. I mean, this thing has the potential to unravel on the Vegas Golden Knights. You know what I'm saying, Speck? Well, injuries, right? You know, and listen, if uh, we, we're we not sure what's wrong at this point with uh, Lehner. He came back from the uh, labrum issue and then left the team again with, I think, a hip issue. Uh, or not a hip. He had a hip labrum. I, some other issue. I don't, There again, I think they're calling it lower body, Bob. Uh, is it the same problem? Is it a different problem? Well, right now, just just to put things you know? in perspective, Laner is out. He is on IR, five million dollar cap. It Riley Smith, who a lot of people yeah. thought they were going to dump a pending UFA, he is on IR. Braden He's a McNabb, good player for them. He's an important player for them. Braden McNabb plays second pairing left shot D for them. Yeah. He is he is out two point five million. Yanmark at two million is out. Howden's out. Okay, those guys are on IR on LTIR. Um, Stone who's a $9.5 million cap hit, 
And then Alec Martinez, who got kicked in the face with a skate and has not returned. He's a $5.25 million. So they got basically $30 million out of their lineup. And the other guy, Pacioretty, he's, he's, uh, there's been some challenges for him. The, the irony of the, the, the lack of cap flexibility, I never understood why they did the Dadunov deal. Picked him up from Ottawa. That was the deal that I – and, of course, Mark, the biggest thing they did is they decided to keep – ultimately keep Laner over Flurry. Over Flurry, yep. And I, th- I don't know about you, man, but I kind of thought, like, Flurry was part of the culture there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was. There was some internal things going on there that I'm not sure I completely understand. They because they they gave the job to Laner over Flurry before they traded Flurry. They decided for you know you'd have to get Pete DeBoer on your show to really know the truth to this or Kelly McCrimmon, but they decided in Vegas that they preferred Laner even with with you know the he can be pretty outspoken, <laughs> right? But they preferred him to Flurry. Uh, who's a, who had been a pretty good citizen for that team. I know that Flurry had planned on finishing his career down there. He was the face of the franchise. He went out of his way when that franchise arrived in Vegas to do all the things with the ownership and all those appearances and all that stuff, and they shipped them. And uh, as we all know, the agent, Alan Walsh, wasn't pleased, and I don't think a player was either. So that's a decision they made. I think they made the wrong one, Bob. All right. Gio has texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. He says, Bob, Colorado's put a lot of eggs in two injury-prone players in Kemper and Manson. Uh, and he adds, Dylan Holloway has 6-2-8 and eight in his last 11 games. Uh, okay. Well, I, and I saw Holloway play the other night. We've got uh, uh, Hart... Uh, uh, Levine coming up from uh, Puckpedia, and he's going to explain some of the challenges the others theoretically would have to uh, to call up Holloway during the regular season. Of course, all bets are off come playoff time. When we come back with Sportsnet Spec, we're going to talk about the Jay Woodcroft factor. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 12.52 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Nice District at Rogers Place. Let's go to the Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, Trent Brown, Jim Brown. It's this simple. They're the best. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Uh, we alluded to the fact that Ryan Nugent Hopkins skated this morning, still probably out somewhere between 10 to 15 days with an upper body challenge. Yes, Apoliarvi's close to returning. Uh, it was a full participant the last couple days. Could see him maybe as early as Thursday. Chris Russell still a ways away with an upper body challenge. Kyle Turris uh, not available at this time. He's on LTIR um, with an upper body injury. And, of course, Clefbaum's on LTIR as well. Uh, for the Red Wings, Robbie Fabry tore his ACL. He had 17 goals this season. That's a big loss for them. Tyler Bertuzzi has 24 points or 24 goals and 48 points in 50 games this season, but can't play in Canada because he can't fly into the country. He's unvaxxed. And uh, Rowney's out. Uh, DeKaiser is, I think they moved him to LTIR. He's a pending UFA like Carter Rowney. And Mitchell Stevens, another former Tampa Bay Lightning player, is out with a lower body challenge for the Red Wings. We re-engage Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. The 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. Mark, uh, the Jay Woodcroft factor. Are we seeing it in the starts to the games because they got 
if you know, as somebody who watched Bakersfield and certainly followed Bakersfield closely over the last three plus years, Woodcroft's teams tended to start games pretty well. Are we seeing it there? And are we possibly also seeing it with Miko Koskinen? Well, you're seeing Miko Koskinen play better. You know what? I mean, I, I defy you. Listen, if a coach found a way to coach his team to have better starts, then that means he's a damn good coach because in my in my estimation that's a player thing you know and this this group of players had a hard time with it and yeah they're starting better the stats say that they're scoring the first goal more often and i think bob they're also give it goes as much to me seeing that they they're not giving up an early easy goal right that happened a lot too i don't think it's all we always think you got to go out and score the first goal sure you do but what you can't do is five minutes into the game give up three grade-A chances and have one go in your net. I think that's the biggest reason why their starts are better. They're a more sound defensive team, and it's harder to score on them, and the stats back that up. Edmonton outshot Washington 20-9. to uh, The Capitals did score the first goal in that game, but it was in the second period after Edmonton, uh, unfortunately, couldn't capitalize on a... I mean, their power play... Spec, their power play the last two games is only 2 for 11, but they created a ton of opportunities. 20 shots against Washington, 19 shots against Tampa Bay. And there was some, like... I know that Brian Elliott got the start. Sam, Sam Sonoff was terrific for Washington in that game. And I thought Elliott played... And Edmonton hit four or five posts. I mean, the Oilers could have scored six or seven goals in both those games. And now they're playing against a team that comes into tonight's game, the Detroit Red Wings, 31st in the league in save percentage at 8.88. And uh, tonight we're going to see uh, Jack's just passed along to me, Thomas Grice, who's got an 8.91 save percentage this season. And uh, and they've been leaked spec. They've given up 54 goals against in the last 10 games. <laughs> So the Oilers have given up 41 goals against uh, in the 15 games that uh, Woodcroft has coached. Yeah. So there you go, right? I mean, to me, they're 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 just becoming they're playing a more mature game, and they're harder to score on. And and we've we've been through this, you and me, Bob. Uh, you can see it in uh, Drysaddle and McDavid's game. Their their numbers five v five are both better under Woodcroft. They've both been better all season. They're both playing a committed defensive game. And you know this when we got on this a long time ago, this was misconstrued to say it's their fault. The Oilers are losing, but what I meant the whole time and what I wrote the whole time was when those guys lead the way defensively, everyone else is going to follow. And until they do, they're not going to win. And right now they're leading the way defensively and the numbers show you the rest of the team is beginning to follow. And here's where I mentioned to you, Mark, in the seven weeks prior to Dave Tippett being fired, Connor McDavid had the lowest goals against per 60 of any Oiler player at even strength. Which would suggest that he was the best defensive player on the team. And speaking of, Mark, I have a stat for you that you're not going to believe. Speaking of goals against per 60, the Detroit Red Wings have only killed off nine of the last 22 shorthanded situations over the last 10 games, okay? Okay. Including, they've only killed off 415 on the road in their last five on the road. Okay, so they are giving up 26.9 goals against per 60 minutes played on the PK in the last 10 games. That is the worst stretch since they've actually been able to do those stats in the league. 
Wow. So, so I'm hazarding a guess tonight that if Edmonton can get four or five power plays, they're probably going to get a couple. Because, Mark, you saw their power play against both Washington and Tampa. It created lots of looks and lots of opportunities. Well, sure. And and listen, we all know that their power play struggle, but it's a pretty good power play. When they get all their guys together, they clearly, you know, I think they're sixth in the league right now, but they're clearly, they've been the best in the league for two years, so they're all, always going to be a top three, in my opinion, with this group of players. But what I want to see this Oilers team do, I'd rather see them beat Detroit five on five. Yeah. Like, that's what you want. Yeah. You get a lead five on five, and when the other team takes a penalty, you bury them with a power play. Yeah. You, you know, the difference here is the Oilers have been a team that's been reliant on their power play and when the power play stopped coming late in the season the playoffs you're in trouble now they're becoming a team that could beat you five on five and they need to head in that direction and then when they when the, even when the power plays get lower in the playoffs bob they still can put a unit out there that can get one and one power play goal in a playoff game is often enough to get you to three and that's usually enough to win a game for you all right, more with Sportsnet Spec. We'll talk trade targets when we come back after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.